the thunder well now you got it you tell him i'm coming and hell's coming with me you hear hell's coming with me welcome to generation x paranormal each week on this show, Nicole and I will break down a paranormal incident, story, or any other account. So join us, and welcome to Generation X Paranormal. everybody welcome back you know we we do a lot of things on this show we cover a lot of stuff paranormal and that's what we do and every once in a while we'll bring you stories with uh with something a little bit more in, I, I guess uh hits a little close to home which is nice um because most of those we've been there we've got some personal experiences uh we've talked about you know in the past we've talked about um crescent hotel and and other places we've been like the ghosts of uh missouri state penitentiary so those are always a lot of fun because we have some personal experience with it so basically this this topic so let me preface this the the city of tombstone arizona if i could tell you that we we could cover everything in one podcast that podcast would probably be hours and hours long and it's already long enough to sit there and listen to one podcast, let alone, you know, so much. So we will cover more about Tombstone much later. There's so many different things that we can talk about, um, and we're excited to bring those to you. But more importantly, we're going to cover kind of the, the big show, so to speak, and that's the gunfight at the OK Corral. Now, Tombstone, Tombstone's an interesting town. It was founded uh, quite, quite in an interesting way. Um, so kind of give you the, the quote unquote Wikipedia entry for just a second, uh, tombstone, uh, tombstone located in Arizona territory was about 30 miles from the Mexican border and was founded in March, 1879 after silver was discovered. And what's funny is when, when you look at that, that statement, um, one of the stories you'll hear if you're ever there, uh, the prospector that found this, that found the silver, went back to his, uh, to his, I guess, friends or people he worked with and said, hey, I'm moving out, or I'm not really even moving too because there was nothing there, but I'm going basically in the middle of the desert um, because I found some silverware. There's silverware. I found some silver. It would eventually be silverware. But um, basically his friends said, okay, well, what you're ever going to find out there is your tombstone. And that's how the city got its name. And I always thought that was kind of an interesting story. Um, do you think it's true? I mean, probably so. It it sounds like uh, rhetoric of that time, but I always find that interesting when they when you hear about Tombstone and its origin. And you know, there's there are a lot of movies out there. There's a lot of TV shows that kind of give you a you know real rough history of it. Uh, you see a lot of you know gunfights, and it's every bit of that. Um, even to this day, if you go there, um, you know, Allen Street, which we'll talk about, it's still dirt. 
It's a dirt road. People don't drive on this thing. And if you ever there, the uh, the I wouldn't say sidewalks, but the the paths next to the store are all wooden. Now they've been replaced, of course, because you know time. And uh, if you look, some of the screws that go into the wood, they're they're Phillips, and they didn't have Phillips back then. So it takes the mystique away a little bit, but not enough. It's still really cool. Um, but it, you know, with it being that kind of town, my my family's from that area. Uh, I was born in Douglas, Arizona, which is not very far from there at all. And it is very much so a border, border town. And when we lived in Tucson, driving to Douglas, you will always go through Tombstone. And it's always, whenever we are back in that area, we stop there. We make it a point to go to Tombstone every time we're in Arizona. And it's just, it's one of those places we love to go a lot. So I think we kind of covered a little bit of Tombstone. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the players in the OK Corral, or I should say in the gunfight of the OK Corral. So you got Virgil, Morgan, and of course, Wyatt Earp, and they arrived in Tombstone on December 1st of 1879 when the town was mostly composed of tents as living quarters. And if you watch the movie, we're probably going to, we're probably going to make some comments about the movie. Of course, the one with uh, Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer, not the Kevin Costner <laughs> Costner one that Wyatt Earp thing was long I think it's like three hours anyway um you know when you watch that movie when they first get there it wasn't quite like that it's a little bit more metropolitan when they first get there and you don't realize that the truth of the matter was it was still very much so a tent mining community so I find that really interesting uh at any rate uh Virgil had been hired as U.S. Deputy Marshal for the Eastern Pima County with his offices in Tombstone only days before his arrival. Now, that's another thing that, that I guess if you're a fan of the movie, that they get that part wrong. But at any rate, um, let's see here. So this is where it gets a little interesting. When you look at the history of Tombstone, most people will say the Earps were, you know, these great upstanding community citizens. They were, you know, lawmen and, and they were righteous. Well, yeah, probably to a point. But I can tell you that history paints them a little bit differently. They were not necessarily well-liked. Um, you know, they, they tended to protect interests of the town's business and owners, but they were kind of businessmen. And they were, they were rather shrewd businessmen. Uh, they do uh, short of, sort of show that in the movie, but they were, they were pretty shrewd. So it, it rubbed a lot of people really raw. And uh, in contrast, in Cochise County, Sheriff Bean was was the he was the good guy, the good cop, <laughs> so to speak. In the 1880s, theft of cattle and smuggling of alcohol and tobacco across the border were common. The Mexican government assessed heavy export taxes on these items, and smugglers earned a handsome profit by stealing them in Mexico and selling them in Tombstone. Kind of a reverse. Uh, reverse Robin Hood, if you will. So another interesting fact, there was a loosely organized outlaw group called the Cochise County Cowboys, or simply Cowboys. And in that time and region, the term cowboy generally meant an outlaw. Legitimate cowmen were instead referred to as cattle herders or ranchers. And Sheriff Johnny Bean was generally sympathetic to the interest of the rural ranchers, which meant he was probably very sympathetic to the Cowboys, which brings us full circle. The gunfight at the OK Corral 
was a 30-second shootout between the Earps, led by Virgil, and members of the Cowboys. And it occurred at about 3 p.m. on Wednesday, October 26, 1881, in Tombstone. So, Nicole, I know you've probably done quite a bit of research on this one, not just to mention that we have our own personal, um, you know, personal times that we've been there, but I know you've done all our research for this episode. So, what uh, what'd you find? Well, a lot of it I knew, but I kind of brought it out to specifics so that to help everyone understand because we've been there multiple times and I feel like I really know this story in and out. Yeah. But there were some surprising facts that I found that I didn't know even from being there multiple times. So I'm going to start with Virgil. So Virgil Earp, he was the Tombstone's town marshal and the deputy U.S. marshal that day. And he had a lot of experience as a sheriff, a constable, marshal, and a soldier in combat. Hmm. So, you know, highly decorated. Okay. He made a decision to enforce a city ordinance in Tombstone, prohibiting carrying weapons in town. And he had made the decision to disarm the cowboys. Hmm. Because he had heard they had come into town. Right. Were carrying weapons. And, you know, the law was kind of made for them. Sure. Specifically, because right. they were causing a lot of trouble. So they were kind of like doing like... Mm. Profiling. <laughs> like a middle finger, yeah, like right. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, head lawman's like, oh, no, you're not. Not in my city. Right. So he's going to go take care of this, right? Okay. So the gunfight at the OK Corral, there were Virgil. Morgan, mm-hmm. Wyatt, mm-hmm. Doc Holliday on one side. Right. Okay. Those are the lawmen. They'd all been deputized. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For this and folks, if you don't realize this, incident. she's using the air quotes. So yeah. deputized. Deputized. Okay. <laughs> Basically, you're not, you know. Right. You're covered under the law. Right. <laughs> for yeah. this little incident. Yeah. Especially I'll... Doc Holliday. Yeah. <laughs> was, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and... Before this, Wyatt didn't want to get involved in in any like town law, any any of the stuff. He just wanted to be a businessman. He wanted to be making money. He was the owner of what the Oriental mm-hmm. Saloon and Billiards Table, and he just wanted to make money. So he kind of got pulled into this, but he was a little ticked off too. He had a temper, so yeah. he decided Imagine to go that. with him. Okay, <laughs> right. so they strut down. The street, and you can tell, like in the movie Tombstone, I think they probably portrayed it pretty well as to how it went because sure. they saw them walking down. Okay. And at the OK Corral, which I'll talk about here in a second, it wasn't exactly at the OK Corral, it was near the OK Corral. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are the Cowboys, which the Cowboys are the group. When I say Cowboy, I'm not saying. Someone that's herding cattle. Right. I mean this specific gang. Basically, you got to look at them as a a gang. Mm -hmm. Okay. Billy Claiborne, the brothers Ike and Billy Clanton, and the brothers Tom and Frank McClowery were on the other side of this gunfight. Okay. So, the gunfight did not take place within or next to the OK Corral which it kind of sat 
on Allen Street, which is the main drag through Tombstone. Right. Which is the one that I think they've paved, but they've thrown dirt back over. So it looks like an old west right. town. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it had a rear entrance lined with horse stalls on Fremont Street, which is the street. What is it? That's right behind it. Right. It's right, right behind it. And that's actually what you drive through to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the shootout actually took place in a narrow lot on the side of C.S. Fly's photography studio on Fremont Street, which is six doors west of the O.K. Corral's rear entrance. Okay. Okay. And we've been there. Mm-hmm. You can go into the front of the O.K. Corral, which has a little shop, and you buy the tickets to go, and you can go in the back and see all the old old west things yeah. okay yeah, the <laughs> there's a lot of stuff so memorabilia yeah. and then you can walk back to where the the shootout actually happened and they have figures of people mm-hmm. standing where the the clantons and the erps and everybody where they think they stood right and if you've heard about this story which most probably have at least in the united states you always imagine it and like you see in the movies, where they're really far apart <laughs> right. and they're shooting and going across hay bales and, you know, the whole cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. It is not like that no. at all. No, in fact, it is so close that, I mean, every time we're there, I mean, we've, Nikki's, or Nicole's right, we've been there, I, I can't even enumerate the amount of times. And every time we're there, I say the same thing. How did anybody walk out of mm-hmm. here alive? And. I mean, you walk up and it's like they're right next to each other. Yeah. But it's a, so members of the parties, like the the Earps and then the Clantons and McClowries, were only about six feet apart. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. that's probably being general or yeah. like generous rather. Yeah. Yeah. So about thirty shots were fired in about thirty seconds. So that's a shot a second. That's just wild. Six feet apart. Yeah. Again, how anybody survived that, I will never know. Yeah. It was really close. That's a lot of shots. Yeah. So, I Clanton, Billy Claiborne, and Wes Fuller ran from the fight. Okay. Billy Clanton and both McClowry brothers were killed. Yeah. Virgil, Morgan, and Doc Holliday were wounded, but Wyatt came out completely unscathed. <laughs> Just amazing. Yeah, and, and we'll touch on a whole bunch of stuff, but the thing, if, if you're ever there and and you hear about this uh, this mystical man... He was pretty wild. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he when he goes into a vendetta, and we won't really cover that a whole lot in this podcast, maybe at some point, but when we talk about what happens afterwards, um, basically he hunted the cowboys down. And when yeah. he did that, there were many gun battles where he just walked out there like he was nobody's business in the middle of these huge gunfights, shooting out and just shooting like he had a death wish yeah. and he never was injured. Never, Never once. It's just, anyway, sorry. I kind of veered off a little bit, but the man, you know. Look, That's why a lot people of, still talk about right. Wyatt Earp. He's still like like a real life 
movie cowboy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was superhero status before there was such a thing. Mm-hmm. So to come back to this, yeah, the lawmen were injured, mm. but none of them died in this fight. Yeah, but three of the cowboy gang were killed. Yeah. So how do you think that went? <laughs> not <Yeah>. well. <laughs> no, it did not. Okay. So Ike Clanton filed murder charges against the Earps and Doc Holliday after mm-hmm. this gunfight. Yep. Okay. And after they had a 30-day preliminary hearing and a brief, you know, little sit in jail, basically, right. they were shown to have acted lawfully. The Earps were in holiday. Right. So they get in trouble for it. Okay. But they got their payback. <sighs> Boy, did they ever. And the one thing that I found when we went to Tombstone, even into the 2000s, because we went there in early, well, the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, the first time when we really did the um, full experience of going to the OK Corral and doing all the touristy stuff. Yeah, probably like 2007, maybe, something like yeah. that. Yeah. You get the feeling like the families that live at Tombstone that have been there for generations don't like the herbs. No, they do not. In fact, when we went, was it Boot Hill mm-hmm. Cemetery? Yep. So they sell fudge all over this place, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like every single store <laughs> yeah. has is a fudge. fudge factory. <laughs> but we happen to be at Boot Hill Cemetery because it's the first thing you hit when you get to Tombstone. It is, Because yeah. it sits north of the town, mm-hmm. okay? Coming from Tucson. Yeah. So after we'd done the cemetery tour, we'd come out, and we were going to... I wanted fudge. <laughs> I was hungry. Of course. The maker of the fudge, the person that was selling it, told us that it was a Clanton... Descendant that actually made the fudge. Is that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, and I don't remember how it was brought up, but they said something about, oh, those herps are, blah, 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 had not good things to say. No, they basically. did not. So the consensus is kind of like the herps were the bad guys mm-hmm. and the Clantons were the good guys. There's a lot like, of people that felt that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you have to imagine it, you know, whatever's written is what makes the history. Yeah. Right. So you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Were they just really trying trying to come in and take over the town and trying to get the money and yeah. and the people that had lived there for generations resented that? I mean, it's <laughs> they were taking away their business or who knows what was going on. I mean, we don't know. And I'm sure that, you know, they had been in trouble before, so I'm sure they were Yeah. breaking laws, sure. but nobody had come down on them. Before right. the way the herbs tried to just come in from nowhere and be like, "This is mine." Yeah, this you're going to do what I say now. On. And I think that's probably why they have that feeling, but sure. it's still there today. Oh, it absolutely, which is. really kind of shocked me a little bit. Yeah, I mean there there are large groups of people within that area that were not fans of the herbs, um, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if you're covering this or not, but they were they claimed an ambush the whole time. Oh yeah. They said they ambushed them. Mm-hmm. But if you go by, like, the because the Clanton, which we'll get to this, but the Clantons, you know, that family stuck around where the Earps eventually took off. Yeah. So they, they weren't there. Right. So are they, would you pass down, like, to your family that... <laughs> 
we were all a bunch of criminals. <laughs> or would you say these out-of-towners came yeah. in and killed our family? You know, <laughs> we so were just you, making fudge. <laughs> it could go either way, yeah. right? right? But that I just wanted to share that because I found it so interesting that in the early 2000s, they're still feeling that way. Yeah. But anyway, back to the story. <laughs> so on December 28th, 1881... Virgil was ambushed yep. in the street and maimed in a murder attempt by the Cowboys. Yep. Okay. On March 18th, 1882, a cowboy fired from a dark alley through the glass door of Campbell and Hatch's saloon and billiard parlor, killing Morgan. Yep. I'm sorry. Every time when you say that, you know what comes to mind, right? I know, and I'm trying to stay <laughs> Ladies silent. And gentlemen, there's, uh, I, I, this is awful because I don't want to make light of somebody's death. But it's not, and it's awful, and I feel awful every time I laugh. <laughs> I know. So there is this thing called the video rom or something like that. I forgot what mm-hmm. it's called. If they even still have that, I, I wonder probably if they not. Do. But it's one of those things where. Where they just show you, like, a bunch of the history of the town. It's all done by, like, animatronics on, like, a revolving platform. And when they come to this part, I'm going to set in a scene here, okay? This is way off topic, but doggone it, I'm going to do it anyway. So, we go to this thing. This is the very first time Nicole's been there. And we sit in this thing, and it's a little hokey, you know? It's just kind of like... boring. Yeah, it's a little, bo- a little boring. And it gets to, <laughs> gets to the part... Where they shoot poor Morgan, and they've got it depicted as like a, uh, well, I mean, they show it. It's like a billiard table, and he's leaning close to it, and you hear this gunfire in the background. <laughs> they take the animatronic, and literally, it just hits the It, like, slaps bl- down on the table. <laughs> like, it's his body just, like, snaps in half, and it flops. And <laughs> <laughs> I started cracking she up laughing. Up. It's a dark room and everybody's yeah. quiet. And I'm like, and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing. And like, I, I was trying to be respectful because that is not something no, to laugh about that someone no. died that way. It was just the hokiness of this yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, how man. do you present that like that? It's not like, I, I know with something like that, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, it was so loud. That, it was so, the thwack yeah, was the so thwack loud. Yeah, the thwack is so loud, it echoes inside the room. And honestly, I couldn't hold it back either because she started laughing. We're both laughing, and we're just like, oh, this is terrible. It's one of those laughs when you try to contain it and stop it, <laughs> yeah. it makes it worse. Yeah. It and does. then you just do it worse, and I'm crying, <laughs> and people are looking at me. <laughs> uh, welcome to Tombstone. And every time we go back, every time we ever go to that place with anyone else. Yeah. I won't I won't use my tickets for that because yep. I'm ashamed. <laughs> anyway, yeah, back sorry. on subject. I couldn't help it. Yeah. So the suspects in both of, of these things, they had alibis that were supplied by other cowboys, so they were mm. never indicted because yeah. they couldn't be, you know. But Wyatt Earp, he got newly appointed as the deputy U.S. Marshal in Cochise County. And he decided he was going to take matters into his own hands in his personal vendetta. Yep. He was pursued by the sheriff, Johnny Behan, who received a warrant from Tucson for Wyatt's killing of Frank Stillwell. Mm-hmm. Stillwell was... Um, 
who was he? He was one of the, obviously he was a, a sympathizer, but mm-hmm. he was actually a cowboy. Yeah, he yeah. was. So on Earp, the Earp side of this, okay. According to them, the fight was in self-defense because the cowboys, they were armed in violation of the ordinance. Mm-hmm. Okay. They defied a lawful order to hand over their weapons and they drew their pistols. Yep. The cowboys maintained that they raised their hands, they offered no resistance, and they were shot in cold blood by the herbs. Yeah. So trying to sort that out, yeah, you know, was difficult then, and it's still to this day, we don't know, just like we talked before. Right. But what I found interesting is I found this, and this is something I didn't know and never heard. So the doctor that examined the cowboys after they died right. in the gunfight. Mortician type person. His name was Dr. George Goodfellow. He told the court that the angle of the wound in Billy Clanton's wrist Mm -hmm. indicated that his hands could not have been in the air Mm -hmm. or holding his coat open by the lapel as witnesses loyal to the Cowboys testified. Basically trying to show I have no weapon. Right. Yeah. Imagine that. (laughs) So I think there was some truth stretched on both. Do I think... Now, this is just opinion time, okay? Yeah. yeah. Do I think that they kind of ambushed them? Yes. Yes, they did. Because they heard that they brought the gun. Yes. You know, but I think they also just wanted to go after them. Yeah. I think that's partially true. I think that they, yeah, obviously had guns because they were able to shoot back. Yep. So they had broken the ordinance. Were they going to come after them soon? Probably anyway. Yeah. It's just they got to them first. Yep. And I think, you know... The cowboys resented that, like, you know, you stalled our plan. Yep. <laughs> like, it didn't work. And they, they killed them. Sure and did. it's just, it's crazy to me, because if they were six feet apart, that many shots have been fired, one of the Earps or Holiday would have died. Yeah. You would have thought. But if they kind of ambushed them and they weren't expecting them to be in, they just, like, pull out, start shooting at them before they had their guns drawn... They got the jump on them. Yeah, they got the jump on them. They yep. killed them first before they could. They absolutely And then half did. of them ran away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And why would you run away if you were expecting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they said, drop your gun, you right. wouldn't. Exactly. That's my take on it, personally. Yeah. I My quick take on that is, you're right. They knew they were coming. So they went to try to get a jump on them. Mm-hmm. I don't think they went there with the intent to to murder or kill anybody. I think they went there with the intent of to arrest them, maybe. Um, at least that was probably Virgil's thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think Virgil's. Mm-hmm. Now, Doc Holliday's maybe not. Oh, no, yeah. Doc Holliday <laughs> wanted to kill those guys. Yeah, and he no knew question. he could because yeah. he was, I mean, he yeah. was known as like the best shot. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What, in the in the country. It was almost point? without argument yeah. that he was the best. And that's why the whole Johnny Ringo thing and anyway. And, and he wasn't a lawman, you know. No, he was a he dentist. Was not. Actually he was a, he was a, he was about as much outlaw as those guys were, the cowboys. Well, yeah. But he was a dentist but and he was, he was there because he was suffering from tuberculosis. Yep. Mm-hmm. But him and Wyatt had been friends. All the way in Dodge City and I think mm-hmm. maybe even before that I can't remember. Which is why they all kind of stuck together. Yeah. Thick Which is thieves. why they brought him along. Yeah, they sure did. Because they knew <laughs> that if something happened, he could take him down. Yeah. No, that's 
That's pretty wild. So yeah, my thought was they 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 went there to arrest him, and they probably at least Virgil, and they got the jump on him. Probably scared these guys, and the things just got out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you already had these tempered cowboys who were angry, and they wanted you know they wanted to get back at or they wanted to get to these guys, and um, and I don't know if you cover this or not, but remember they had. They had arrested Ike because he had a gun on him, and he spent the night in jail. Yeah, and they want Ike wanted retribution from that, and he mm-hmm. said he was coming for him. So they knew they knew he was coming. Yeah. So yeah, I just think it things got really out of hand, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, bad things happened. So I guess by about now you're asking us, so what the heck does this have to do with paranormal? Well, I'm glad you asked. So let's talk about the ghosts of the people involved. In the gunfight of the OK Corral. The first person I'm going to mention, Marshal Fred White. He was shot by the cowboy faction leader, Curly Bill. And he was shot on October 28th of 1880. So that was before the actual gunfight of the OK Corral. So they're connected in that sense. Uh, White was first Marshal of Tombstone and had gained respect of the cowboy or the Clinton gang, and in fact, had arrested cowboy members on several occasions, rarely having any problems uh, when doing so. So they kind of, they were somewhat sympathetic with him. He was, he was a lawman, but he wasn't, I don't know, he was, he was somewhat, they, they liked him, for lack of better words, I guess as much as a cowboy could like a cop, right? Um, but in the early morning of October 28th, Curly Bill and several of his cohorts were making a sport by shooting up uh, the town. And I think they were just shooting in the air, and he was just carrying on. But So White uh, went to disarm the gunman, and he accidentally was shot. And he, uh, Well, he accidentally shot White, and he hit him in the groin. And, you know, obviously being 1880, they didn't necessarily have 911, and, you know, unfortunately probably bled out. Um, but at any rate, uh, it was thought he would make a full recovery. Two days later, he died. And today, he's said to haunt the street in front of the shooting site, which was an empty lot where the Birdcage Theater was built later, uh, a year later. And that was the that was the incident prior to it. And it's it's interesting. They show it in the movie, and it's a little, you know, it's a little done up. He's an older man, and uh, Curly Bill comes out there, and he points his guns at him and, and shoots him. And, you know, he's upset about it. And Curly Bill's, he seems genuinely actually upset because he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, he's he's probably really messed up because there was opium dens there and dude was probably hopped up in opium and shot him on accident. So that was the, that was the, the sad killing and it's unfortunate. And he's, he is buried at Boot Hill and we've got some pictures that we'll, we'll put on the, uh, on the YouTubes or in the, on the Facebooks, but it's pretty interesting. And yeah, so that's, that's the first ghost we're talking about. And Nicole, do you want to take the next one? So Virgil Earp, okay, at 11.30 p.m. on December 28, 1881, he was ambushed as he walked from the Oriental Saloon to his room at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. The Sacramento Daily Record Union reported that he was fired upon with double-barreled shotguns loaded with buckshot by three men concealed in an unfinished building diagonally across on Allen Street. Virgil was hit in the back and left arm by three loads of buckshot from about 60 feet away. The Crystal Palace Saloon 
and the Eagle Brewery beyond Virgil were struck by 19 buckshot. Three passed through the window, and one about a foot over the heads of some men standing by a faro table. Hmm. George Parsons wrote that he heard four shots in quick succession. Critically wounded, Virgil staggered into the hotel. Hmm. His upper arm was longitudinally fractured. Yikes. And Dr. George E. Goodfellow removed four inches of shattered humerus bone and his elbow, leaving his arm permanently crippled. Hmm. Now, this is something that is a real quote because it's in the movie. Yep. And Sam Elliott plays Virgil. Yeah. Um, but he said to his wife, never mind, I've got one arm left to hug you with. Yep, great line. Virgil was also shot through the back above the hip, and Goodfellow removed 20 buckshot that penetrated his body and lodged near the hip bone above the groin. Mm. Yeah, that hurts. That's a lot. And that that's the thing lot. I didn't, they don't really talk about. They just say he was shot. So yeah. you don't realize how much he you was shot. shot. Quite they were, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. The Los Angeles. Daily Herald reported that the Cowboys are bent on vengeance for the slaughter of their companions a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. The doctor says there are four chances in five that he will die. Yeah. So, prognosis was not good no, for Virgil. No, no. He did survive. Yep. They left. Yep. And they, he, him and his wife moved to his parents' home in Colton, California mm-hmm. to recover. From his wounds, which took almost two years. Yeah. And then I think they moved, you know, in different states across. But he died on October 19th, 1905. So he made it a while after He sure that. did, yeah. But what's interesting is they... People have seen, like, a man moving along the street in a long black frock coat. Yep. Um, he's been seen on several occasions. He's crossing the road and... <laughs> It's often seen near the site where Virgil was ambushed and shot. Mm-hmm. But the spirit, they only well, call him the spirit, never makes it a, fully across the street. And that's what's led many to believe that this may be the ghost of Virgil Earp. Because right. that's kind of what happened. He, he never crossing, makes it. He never he's makes going. it. Yep. And that tells me that it's not actually like a haunting of Virgil Earp, but maybe a recorded energy. Which residual is what they've been. Which is residual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where something traumatic has happened and something has held on and it's replaying. Yeah, and what's what I find is. He did make it out of Tombstone. Yeah, he sure did, yeah. (laughs) And I wouldn't come back. No. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, if you're ever there, they do have a lot of. um, They have times where everybody dresses in period and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I remember in accounting when I was a kid, um, somebody talked about when they were there for the Hell Dorado days and they actually encountered a ghost like this. They assumed it was just somebody in period clothing and it turned out that it was actually a ghost because um, they were were doing something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was the carriage people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The drivers. Yeah, the drivers. So, guys, if, if you ever go there, there's a... There's a carriage that goes up and down Allen Street, and the carriage drivers are really cool people, by the way. But um, that was the one that was telling us like he was getting ready to give somebody a ride, and he saw this person. And I guess he went down to put the stool where people get up to like help them up into the ca- uh, carriage. And when he looked back around, that guy had vanished like, right in front of his eyes. That's interesting. Yeah, it's just wild. Hmm. 
So we've got Virgil Earp. We've got Fred White. Um, what else do we have? So I'm going to kind of focus on the people that actually died in the gunfight. Yeah. Which is Billy Clanton and Tom and Frank McClowry, who okay. were brothers. At the OK Corral, where the gunfight happened, several people have reported seeing fading apparitions of men dressed in cowboy attire, appearing with their guns drawn. Hmm. Perhaps like in a gunfight. Right. So what's your brain immediately going to go to? The gunfight of the OK Corral. Sure. And others have claimed to have felt numerous cold spots in various areas of the corral. Yeah. Which, if they're going to be anywhere in Tombstone, you would think. Sure. Because that was something that they were just maybe ambushed, possibly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I mean, and gunned down. And I know Billy Clanton, he was really young. He Very was only, young. what, like 18, 19, something um, like that, I thought. Yeah, he was young. I can't he remember was what very his name, young. Was, name age was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the OK Corral's manager alleges that he saw the ghost of a tall, thin man in a flat-brimmed hat. And he thinks that it's a Virgil Earp. Okay. And... Some guests sometimes overhear the sounds of phantom horses because it was a corral. Yeah. That's where you keep horses, right? Yep. So I find that interesting. Yeah, that that is really interesting. That it could be Virgil. But they all kind of dress the same. Yeah. Well, at least that's what... I mean, they've got accounts of what they wore, the Earps wore. And especially theatrically in the movie, they're all wearing the same long black... Like that duster. We've been there. Yeah. Yes, we have. Tombstone, Arizona. <laughs> Southern Arizona. In Very the desert. Southern. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why they would be dressed like that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know this is something most people don't know, but this is something I found out, not ever being in that climate. But you don't want to wear tank tops no. and shorty shorts Mm-mm. in the Arizona desert, especially if you're caucasian of any kind which i am (laughs) the sun is so hot you can feel it cooking your skin yes you can even brown people like me you can tell the tourists from the local people because the tourists are all dressed like the way i did when i first went out there Mm -hmm. because i was burning up but they're usually dressed in long sleeves Mm -hmm. sometimes long pants hats you know sunglasses everything to protect the skin and so that's why in the Old West they would wear that stuff. Plus they were riding horses and doing stuff like that. But the long black coats gets me. Yeah, that seems... The color black is your enemy there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't want black because it attracts no. that heat and it makes it even worse. So it's just like, I don't that's know. why you don't want a black car. and uh, Right. Yeah. So that always kind of threw me off. So if they're seeing that... I mean it... Because it, it doesn't out. seem to mean there was a bunch of people in Tombstone at that time that dressed that way. I think it Mm-mm. was like they they stood out because they dressed that well, way. Well, plus it was expensive. So what they were wearing, those dusters and everything, they, right. that meant that they had some money. Well, they owned the saloons right. and, and where people would gamble. Mm-hmm. So they were getting all that money. Yeah. And whereas the cowboys, they, they were really their, – their dress was not as good. And obviously wore the red sashes. And it was just – you could tell they had less – income mm-hmm. and they weren't just didn't have access to resources like the uh, herbs did right so if they're seeing that 
I mean, it could be. Yeah. I mean, there's probably only maybe a handful of people in Tombstone at that time that could even really afford to dress like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Billy Clanton specifically. Yeah. I find this interesting. Now he, now him and the McClowry boys are all buried together. Yep. At Boot Hill Cemetery. They are. Okay. So, you can find them, and they've got their, you know, tombstones, basically. And, but he is seen rising from his grave Mm. at the cemetery and walking along the road of Highway 80 south to Tombstone. So, like I said before, Highway 80 is what you use to come into the town. Boot Hill is right there on your left-hand side. And there's like a gas station. Mm -hmm. And then you hit Tombstone. So, he's seen leaving there and walking down that road to go back to town. It basically turns into Fremont. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, that's that would be frightening to see. It would that. be very frightening to see that. Mm-hmm. I think that <clears throat> if you've never been there, it's look, it, it's Tombstone, so it's not like you know this huge city. It's it's no. still a very small town. But it if you're driving in there and you see Boot Hill, it'll be off. If you're coming from Tucson, I should say, Boot Hill Cemetery is going to be to your left, and then like Nicole said, just very quickly after that will be this gas station. Which, by the way. If you have to use the bathroom, I don't recommend there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and you pass that and you kind of just show up in into Tombstone. So to see something like that, probably dressed the way he would have dressed in period, that'll stand out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Absolutely. not like if it was on Allen. On Allen Street, okay, you may give it a second look, but then you think, well, it's just somebody dressed up in period costume. But if right. they're on Fremont headed towards Tombstone, that would stand out. Which is something we didn't really talk about. They have a reenactment at the OK Corral. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you see the actors walking around town. <laughs> yeah. You know. And sometimes you, you see them getting in their Hyundai, which shatters the image. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking specifically. Yes, we are. <laughs> that was awful. It was like. <laughs> of Doc Holliday, the guy that plays Doc yeah, Holliday. They but had a guy who played Doc Holliday for the time. He was amazing. Time. He though. was just, oh, yeah, I mean, just probably there's Val Kilmer and then there's him. Yeah. And, uh, he was a Val Kilmer Doc Holliday. Yeah, he That's very what much so. It was not a Randy specific. Quaid one. Yeah. And uh, he he talked to us for a very long time. Very nice guy. And uh, anyway, you see him walk out and he sort of like ducks out one of the alleys off of Allen Street between Allen and Fremont. And he gets into his like silver Hyundai and then drives away. And we're just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. but yeah, they, that's part of your ticket. So when you go to the OK Corral, you get the full experience. Yes. You get to look through the museum and you get to go to the site where the fight happened. And then they, you can watch the reenactment show to show, you know, how it happened, like right next to it, which is weird. Yes, it is. Because it is literally right there to your left. You walk through this little door and then they've got the stage. Mm hmm. And they do it right there, right next to it. And if anything is going to cause ghosts to come back, I'd be pissed. Those three that got killed yeah. right there, it's hearing all those fake gunshots go off. Constantly. I'd be super angry if I was like one of the people that died because it'd be like, you're kind of making light of a situation that. Well, you they know. weren't making light of it. They're just show, you know, showing what happened. But, yeah. I mean, if anything's going to trigger that, it's going to be that. Yep. You know, people dress like them, talking like them, using their names. And it's just, it's odd because it's like right next to it. Yep. It's very authentic. It is very authentic. And then you've got the 
diorama part. <laughs> diorama, that's what it's called. I think <laughs> I called it the videorama or something like that. The diorama. Yeah, that's. Um, <clears throat> I hope that they've uh, spruced that up. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But, but that it's and it's nice. It's got like a little shop in the mm-hmm. front, and it's really cool. They've got pictures up on the you know they've got signed pictures from like Kurt Russell and mm-hmm. Val Kilmer and all that. Yeah, Val Kilmer from the movie, and it's it's a really neat little experience. And plus, mm-hmm. then you can go and enjoy the rest of Tombstone, which I highly recommend. Yes. Um. So the last couple that I have, mm-hmm. which I the reason I brought this one up, it's not specifically. Someone, but it involves the people at the shootout. Okay. So the Birdcage Theater is at the very end of Allen Street. Mm-hmm. It is something in itself, and this is something yes. that we were going to mention. Is this is a podcast just about the OK Corral gunfight, paranormal yep. events? There is so much more. Yes, there is concerning Tombstone paranormal that there's no way we could fit it all in not a chance or you guys would be sitting here for hours (laughs) (laughs) so we have decided we're going to break that up in future podcasts and talk about different and the birdcage will probably be one by itself guaranteed yeah i mean there's so much there yeah but basically it was a saloon mixed with a dance hall with a prostitution thing i mean Mm. it was all of that okay yep so this is where this sighting has happened okay mm-hmm. so apparently they had a statue of white Earp, like either a wax figure or something like that yeah okay, that they made and they placed it in one of the cribs overlooking the theater so a crib is like a box seat basically mm-hmm. yep it, they just call it a crib because it does kind of look like that the yeah, way it was bit, designed yeah. you know mm-hmm. um so when it was first put in there the staff would arrive in the morning and find Wyatt's hat continually knocked off and thrown into the floor below. (laughs) It kept happening over and over and over for about six months. And then one time they like came in and they found that the statue had been turned around with its back facing the view Hmm. from below. Interesting. So sometime later, a local historian told the owners that they had placed the Wyatt Earp statue in the crib that was usually reserved by the Clantons. Uh-oh. Boy, that's a... Uh, talk so, about a faux pas. Yeah. So they decided to move move it to the crib that I guess Wyatt actually sat in all the sure. time, frequently. Yep. And the hat tossing finally stopped. Imagine that. I didn't know that. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... You think that they do more than just knock his hat off. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't throw it on the floor. I found that really interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. That's definitely not residual. No. That's That's very intelligent. And, I mean, we'll get to the birdcage later, but that is an interesting place. Yeah, like Nicole said, the the birdcage has got no shortage of incidences and Mm -mm. paranormal stuff going on. We'll definitely cover that. But, no, I did not know that about the birdcage. Yeah. And so I tried to find something on Morgan Earp because I feel even though there's some laughing that it was yeah. involved with that, but th- that wasn't about his death. It was just right. about the crazy way they decided to portray that. Yeah. Um, his is one of the saddest, I think. Yeah. Um, he was young. He Very was like young. 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
On March 18th, 1882, he got killed. He was playing pool, basically, billiards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the gunshot came through the front in the like in the building and it struck him in the right side of his abdomen and severed his spinal column. Yeah. And it basically knocked him down on the billiard table. Right. And he bled to death in Campbell and Hatch's billiards on Allen Street, which is now the building that it's in is called the Red Buffalo Trading Company that we've been into several multiple times. times. Yeah. It's a store. Yeah, it's a great store. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing with Tombstone is all these buildings are original. I mean, they had several fires and they had to rebuild mm-hmm. them and stuff. I know that. But, yeah. I mean, these are the places where these people were. That's what's so cool about it. Yeah. Is, I mean, you're walking where they walked. You're in the buildings where they, they were. Mm-hmm. And you can just feel the history around you. Yeah. And there's okay. an energy to it. There is an energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that, because it's old, do you feel smell the I guess what how do you smell the oldness basically the must the, yeah it's a musty smell yeah. but you can smell just that the walls are old that the ceilings yeah. are old the floors are old you know mm-hmm. and they creak when you walk on them and that whole thing yep um but a lot of these places have you know they've got new signs because they're stores or they're mm-hmm. this or they're that and you don't know exactly where you're at or yeah. what happened in the building that you're in. Now, some of them, like I think this one, they've got it etched in the glass that this was yeah, the Campbell do. and Hatch's billiards. Mm-hmm. Okay, But if you don't know the history of Tombstone or what happened, you're not going to know that that's where Morgan Earp died. Or, the, yeah, the significance behind that. Right. Yeah. Right. So the employees of the store... They say that they think this is Morgan Earp. Now, okay. could it be someone else, of course? Sure, yeah. But they, they think that he watches over the store when they're not there. And one employee said that they were unable to finish stocking the shelves before the store closed. And they came back in the morning, and the box had been half full when they left the night before, and the box was empty. <laughs> and... The shell, the shelves had been stacked like with the contents of the box, but hadn't been shelved correctly, like right. where it was facing front. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they spent a lot of time trying to find where all the stuff had went, basically. Yeah. Talk so about I mean, a bad I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is that Morgan or we don't know? But because yeah. they know the history of what happened in the place, I mean, very well. I mean, how many people could have died there, you know? I mean, right. I mean, this is Tombstone, which we'll get to in a future episode. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this stuff happened. And, I mean, I've got multiple pictures. I've got pictures of the people that have been killed, the people that lived, all the Earps, the Clantons, the McClowries. They're, you know, gravestones at Boot Hill, some of the buildings themselves um, that I'll post on the Facebook group. And I'll try to find a map of Tombstone so it makes a little bit more sense of sure. what we're talking about. Because mm-hmm. we know what we're talking about because we've been there. Yeah, for But sure. I would imagine it would be kind of confusing. Um, I mean, really, it's just a sad, sad thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, so what do you think? I mean, you know, we kind of covered the ghost. I mean, I, I know what I feel. But do you think, Nicole, is it is it are these legitimate hauntings? 
I think that the Clantons and the McClowries are probably number one mm-hmm. of what could be valid. Yeah. And actually be them. Yes. Yeah. Fred White, I don't know, because he was he didn't actually die on that spot. The movie shows it that way, but he didn't. He right. lived a couple of days. But he I mean, it that that's a fifty fifty for me. Yeah. Virgil, no. But it could be residual. Sure. A residual energy of something happening. That would make more sense than him just coming back. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Because he lived for many years after Mm -hmm. that, and he lived in many different places. And actually, he had other accidents later on in his life in, like, mining and stuff like that that he got injured. So why pick this one? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Morgan has a very good reason to haunt. Yeah. But if he's spending his time stocking shelves, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I buy (laughs) that that's Morgan. Yeah, I don't know. Now, if they had had, if they had, like, a billiard table in there still or something and... The like, billiard table or something. Well, that's probably long and gone. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like something like something like that move, mm. that that would make me believe more that that was Morgan. There's no than, attachment there for him. Right. Why is he yeah. stocking shelves? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Unless he's just bored to death. <laughs> he's that, being I shouldn't the worst say bored employee to death because that, that doesn't register. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? I do. I, do. I, d- I don't know that. But I think if he was there that would make sense for yeah. Morgan. Any anything that's unexpected traumatic death I think has more reason for someone to stick, you know, get stuck or still be be here because they feel like they've got unfinished business or they feel like they can't leave or they're trapped or whatever the deal is. But if you have lived and gone on and lived your life, why return to a place that did not bring you happiness? Agreed. Now, whether or not we can choose that, we don't know. Yeah, we don't. But um, Morgan, I I think, would have a reason. Billy Clanton would have a reason. Yeah, for sure. The McClowry boys would have a reason. Yeah. Um, so the Billy Clanton thing is interesting. It is. That would make a whole lot of sense if yeah. that was really him. It's kind of a lost spirit. Mm-hmm. And the OK Corral, them seeing apparitions of cowboys drawing guns, that could also be residual, mm-hmm. you know, of that gunfight just playing over and over. And like I said earlier, they're reenacting it multiple times a day yeah. right next to it. It's a like show. Literally 100 feet away Yeah. from where these people died. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think for me, <clears throat> I think we share pretty much the same belief on all of them. Um, I don't buy the Virgil. I definitely don't buy the Morgan Herb thing. Um, could it be a, some other ghost? Again, we've already covered the fact that there's no no shortage of, of potential paranormal people in, yeah. <laughs> in Tombstone. Um, but no, I don't think Morgan is going to be the worst employee on the planet. Um, but yeah, I, definitely the people that were killed during the fight... Yeah, I could definitely see them being... They, they got a true axe to grind. They're pissed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <clears throat> I um, I think I'm definitely... I'm definitely pro that it that they are... There's something going on there for them. Mm-hmm. But, well, listen, guys. Um, you know, Tombstone. What can we say about that place? It's just pretty amazing. Um, if you go there, I mean, 
We're going to have to go to Arlene's because that's Nicole's favorite shop. I love that shop. <laughs> Definitely go to uh, Big Nose Kate's. Got a lot of good food there. Crystal, Crystal Palace. Palace. Yep, that's mm-hmm. amazing. They have um, the old tin on the yeah, ceiling. They There's got the actually, old tin with gun holes. Or yeah, gun holes. the employees will point them out to you, yeah, the bullet holes the in bullet the, holes. the ceiling. Mm-hmm, from, yeah. you know. It's just, just crazy, like you see on the movies. Yeah. They're just shooting, shooting into the, the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Well, at any rate, thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Please follow us on our Facebook, Generation X Paranormal Podcast, or simply facebook.com forward slash Gen X Paranormal. And if you'd like to support us, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Generation X Paranormal. Thank you.